All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where, as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, and this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. Like aside from adhering to the five pillars, there's really just two like general but primary reasons that individuals tend to not make much progress relative to their OCD. And maybe you say, well, hang on a second. What are the five pillars? The five pillars are like five rules that you got to work to follow if your hope is to make meaningful progress and within a reasonable period of time. And the first of those is, well, you got to go see a therapist, right? And yeah, and you have to go consistently. I'm not talking about canceling your session every time you like fucking get tired or whatever it is. You have to go see a therapist who's hopefully an expert in the area of treating anxiety disorders and OCD, and you got to go consistently. And so what that means is, by the way, you got to do exposure therapy when you go to session. And that bleeds into the next pillar. The second pillar is, and you got to do homework in between sessions. And maybe you say, well, what's my homework? Well, generally speaking, your homework in between sessions is going to be the exposure that you did at the previous session. The third pillar is you got to be able to accept uncertainty relative to the material or the nature of your intrusive thoughts. In other words, what you're saying essentially is maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. I really don't know what the future holds. And that allows you then to have greater leverage relative to the, to the resistance and prevention of compulsions. But I get ahead of myself. The fourth pillar is you got to work to fill out what are called ritual monitoring sheets. The ritual monitoring sheet is essentially like a journal that you fill out and, and complete each day. And in that, you're not only identifying uh, uh, intrusive thoughts that you're experiencing and, of course, the level of anxiety that these thoughts cause, but even more importantly, you're identifying the behaviors that you're engaging in order to reduce your anxiety or quiet the volume of, or even get rid of your intrusive thoughts. You're working to identify the compulsions. The fifth pillar is you've got to stop the compulsions. And this is where it gets interesting because I say you got to keep the five pillars and it's important. But when I say the fifth pillar is essential, this is what I mean. If you neglect the first four, you say, forget it. I'm not going to session, you know, screw that. I'm not doing homework, you know, fuck that. I'm not doing the, uh, the exposure statements or accepting uncertainty and, you know, and you know, whatever, I'm definitely not, uh, filling out ritual monitoring sheets and wasting my time with that bullshit. That's fine. But if you stop your compulsions, the chances are better than average. You are going to make real progress, but the reverse is also true. If you engage the first four, you go to session, you do your homework, you accept uncertainty, you fill out your ritual monitoring sheets. But once you identify all these compulsions, you do nothing to stop them, even though you have, you have adhered to 80% of the, the five pillars, 
you're in all likelihood not going to make any progress at all. So it's really important to work to adhere to the five pillars with a great emphasis on stopping compulsions. And that leads us into, like I say, there's two primary reasons that individuals don't make much progress beyond adhering to the five pillars. The first of these reasons is that individuals don't truly and deeply and practically understand the difference between obsessional experiences and the anxiety that they cause and the compulsive responses that they make in relationship to obsessional anxiety. To put that another way, you can work to dissect this system or this machine into individual parts. And once you work to understand the individual parts and you're working to truly see in real time the difference between obsessions and compulsions, between anxiety as an emotional experience and the compulsive response as a behavioral choice, then you're in a good position to really focus on where you actually have control, right? So if you were to say, well, I'm just not going to have any anxiety today, today's going to be a great day. And I'm just deciding that I'm going to be courageous and super happy all day with no anxiety. I mean, the reality of it is that's not going to work because you can't choose to not feel any anxiety through a certain period of time. That's just not reality. And in the same way, you can't say, well, I'm just not going to have any of those damn thoughts today. Like that's not reality either. You and I both know that it would be wonderful if we could just unplug the bitch from the wall. But the reality is you can't just stop having your intrusive thoughts, no matter how hard you decide to do that, right? Anybody who's ever actually tried to thought block will tell you thought blocking is a fool's errand, right? It doesn't actually work. It only encourages the thoughts to keep coming back at you, right? Where you actually have control, and you've heard me say this a thousand times, right, is relative to the compulsions, where a lot of people get tripped up is they don't fully and practically understand the difference between obsessions and compulsions. This is particularly true relative to ruminative thinking because rumination is a compulsion, but rumination is also a thought process. And so it's super, super easy even for skilled and experienced OCDers to fail to see the distinction between obsessions and compulsions when both of those are happening in your mind. But it's even true for individuals to fail to see the difference between obsessions and compulsions when compulsions are motor or behavioral responses. Still, they can fail to see a meaningful distinction between the two of them. What that means is they're, they're seeing the symptom experience from a bird's eye view, not really understanding the different pieces and parts relative to the system. And when they don't understand the pieces and parts relative to the system, they're not going to effectively focus their attention on the compulsions and stop them. And that brings us to the second 
reason that generally speaking, people don't make much progress. And that is because they fail to truly see how subtle some compulsions are. Right. And they'll they'll hear someone like myself say, well, compulsions can be subtle. You know, compulsions can be, you know, hidden in plain sight. You know, compulsions can be habitual and hard to identify and all this stuff. And they're going to think to themselves, well, you know, I've got all this shit locked down or whatever it is. But the truth of it is, here's the reality. If you're still feeling highly anxious Right. If you're one of those individuals who would say, I haven't done compulsion since 1985. Right. But I'm still anxious every day. You know, if you're one of those people who would say, well, you know, I don't wash my hands anymore and I don't do hand sanitizing anymore and I don't ruminate and I don't avoid touching and I don't seek reassurance and I don't research and whatever else. I don't do those things. But you know what? I still have intrusive thoughts all the time. OK, it's a very, very good bet. That you're still doing compulsions. Okay, let me say that differently to you. If you're still experiencing high levels of obsessional distress, despite the fact that you don't do compulsions anymore, you do do compulsions anymore. Okay, you're still doing them. The trouble is they've outsmarted you. The, The trouble is you've not carefully and properly identified your behaviors. This is where pillar four will serve you well. Right. If you go back and you fill out ritual monitoring sheets, if you if you start filling out ritual monitoring sheets on a daily basis. Right. And I'm not trying to be all like rigid about it. Maybe a miss a day here or there. But if you're working to consistently fill out your ritual monitoring sheets and that is to say you're taking a piece of paper, you're actually writing something down, you're writing down the thoughts that you're experiencing and the behaviors that you're doing in relationship to those thoughts, right? Or you could say it another way, whenever you start to feel anxious, consider that to be your cue to start paying close attention. Whenever you start to notice a little bit of distress, ask yourself, what thought or thoughts am I having? And what behaviors am I doing to try and alleviate my obsessional distress? As soon as you start to feel anxious, Start paying attention. What thoughts am I experiencing? What behaviors am I engaging? And actually take notes on what you notice. This is going to help you over time. Again, I'm not talking about five minutes here and and five minutes over there. I'm saying consistently doing the ritual monitoring sheet every day over the course of weeks and months of time, you are going to start to notice detailed behaviors that you otherwise wouldn't have noticed. These are where your compulsions are. These behaviors have to be stopped. Lots and lots of people are going to uh, either fail to see a meaningful and practical difference between obsessions and the anxiety that they cause and the ritualistic response And as a result, they're going to fail to effectively stop compulsions, thereby feeding the system all along. These are the two primary reasons that individuals tend to not make much progress, despite the fact that they're trying really hard, and they are, despite the fact that they've been at this for a while, and they have, despite the fact that they really, really want to get better, despite the fact that they've been to therapy before, never mind all that stuff. 
that does not mean that they're going to get better. Bottom line is you have to stop the compulsions. You have to focus on the fifth pillar. You have to stop compulsions. And that means you got to work very, very hard to understand the difference between obsessions and compulsions. And you have to work to understand where the compulsions are happening and then choke the shit out of them. Well, that's it for another episode of OCD Straight Talk. Feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrislines04 at gmail.com. If you found the podcast helpful, consider giving it a five-star rating or subscribing to OCD Straight Talk for structured help with your anxiety or OCD symptoms. <laughs>